Live from Run Your Mouth World Headquarters. With the border deal struck down, Democrats work on a new plan to get the Jews their money. Chuck Schumer had this to say. It's not right, it's not good, but we're looking at another unrelated bill. We can attach more funding to to get the people the money that they desperately need. So the top candidates are the Preventing Urban Children from Falling into Open Manholes Act, uh, the, the, the second choice backup is the National Feed Starving Babies with Breastless Mothers Initiative, and from there, we just have to encourage everybody to do the right thing. As the 2024 election heats up, Supreme Court is set to decide on the 14th Amendment and whether or not Trump did totally great and much better than anyone else and that no one else has ever 14th Amendment did better than him. In other election news, we uncover how much money will the deep state pay to back a candidate losing to none of these candidates and why some voters wish that none of these candidates would run in the general election. On the Democratic side of the aisle, voters question Biden's mental faculties after this incident. There's been a response from the opposition, but um, it, uh, yes, I'm sorry, from Hamas. Democratic leadership responded that while Biden might be too senile to stand trial, he can still read note cards and approve foreign wars. And finally, we explore the breathing exercises experts recommend for when you find yourself in your car trying to choose between anal pains and eating cookies. It's your daily dose of misinformation pulled from a lightly hemorrhoided asshole. It's today's Run Your Mouth! Your Mouth! Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome back to the Run Your Mouth podcast. First and foremost, I am down in Houston this weekend and uh, I plan on getting after it. I got an affinity to the Houston town. The town itself sucks, but that first skank fest was a real good time. I like getting back to the secret group. The secret group's a lot of fun. You get to do a lot of comedy when you're at the secret group. And uh, I haven't been drinking at home, so my God, am I going to get after it. I've been spending, wasting too much time on these intros, trying to fix studio equipment that's falling apart on me. I, firstly, there's a problem with my mouse. I already have a hard time focusing and I got a laggy mouse. It's taking me 20 minutes to do things that they should take seconds. Anyways, the point is this is going to be a fucking party day. Come hang out in Houston. I'm opening for Dave Smith doing a late night live pod. I'm going to get off that plane. I'm going to eat myself some barbecue. I'm going to get over to the club and I'm going to get after it. And then if you want to come, I, I invite anyone who would like to join me. Super Bowl party at 8 p.m. flying back to LaGuardia Airport. So if you want to, yeah, I'll put out what flight I'm on. You want to come join me on this random Delta flight and drink straight through the Houston gigs all the way to getting onto that flight, placing big bets. I hope they got live TV on the Delta flights. Did Delta flights show live TV? Am I going to be able to watch the Super Bowl? I could care less about the Super Bowl other than maybe to watch other people get really ample. Like, because usually you don't talk, you don't interact with the other people on your flights. Everyone stares forward and you hope the guy in front of you doesn't lean your seat back. That's the way flights normally work. But in this case, everyone watching the Super Bowl together, I'm hoping it turns into one big party. I'm hoping the whole Delta flight rallies. It's a different atmosphere. We're not fighting over 
putting things into the into the shelves. The people in first class are pour, are passing back cups of champagne. They're letting you sit in your seats. People are doing blow in the bathroom. Oh my God! I hope this is the greatest flight I've ever taken in my entire life. Three episodes this week, everybody. Welcome back to the Run Your Mouth podcast. And listen, before we get into any negativity, because there's all sorts of chaos going on in the world, we've got we're talking directly to Putin and realizing, hey, how come we can't have uh, world leaders without dementia? Looks like they were calling Biden. The man's falling apart right on our airwaves. I mean, the 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 way that Biden seems to be uh, falling apart and that they're actually willing to broadcast it to us. You know, usually we don't get to see Biden falling apart, but this is this is new. They're actually, it seems like maybe they're starting to initiate the uh, the recall protocols. But listen, before we explore all that, I want to share a little positivity with you guys, which is uh, I've really been enjoying sleeping on my couch lately. Any other couch sleeping enthusiasts out there? Here's what I figured I liked about the couch is you get to be the little spoon to an inanimate object. And I'm not going to little spoon with a lady because you end up farting right into her vagina. I don't want to be farting into vaginas. You might eat that later. That's not good. I like to be, if anything, I purposely like to big spoons so that you're sending your farts out into the atmosphere, even under the even under the covers. That's not a good move. You don't want to be farting under the covers or you don't want to be sleeping on your stomach with your neck like cranked up and your farts going into the sky. No, you want to be going out in the other direction. And I never realized how comfortable being little. I, I guess maybe being a little, I, I wouldn't want a little spoon to a person but to an inanimate object, because I end up cranking on my neck because you end up going to sleep on your on your stomach because I fall over, even though I prefer to be a side sleeper. But what I've noticed about the couch is you can kind of angle yourself into the cushions and it's a nice time. So I just before listen, we're, we're going to get into the news. I've done all my research. I, I got everything about the border bills. I got the things about the Putins, the Russians, the this, the that. But sometimes you just got to shout out the nice things in your life, which is at the moment. I am really enjoying sleeping on my shitty futon. Uh, other dates that we've got to plug is uh, Kansas City coming up. That was a blast last year. People came out. We played some random bar. We're in a new random bar this year. I got BK Chris up went up for me. And then I'm doing some LP event out in Omaha. And then, guys, start sending me your emails for Porch Tour. This is going to be the most epic Porch Tour yet. We will have never porched like this in our lives. Rob's Newsroom at gmail.com. Subject line, Porch Tour 2024. Uh, you know, and I'll probably start putting that together next, uh, probably in March and get that thing started in April or May. All right. Here's the first topic I want to delve into here. And, uh, well, we'll take comments in a little bit, uh, cause I changed the screens and I can't read them. Well, we'll take them later. Anyways. Uh, here's the first topic I want to get into is, is anyone else losing faith in our, uh, court system? Because as far as our judicial system is concerned, the upcoming election is between a person too senile to stand trial and a known sexual assaulter. As far as our judicial system is concerned, that's who we have left to vote for. And is this not a very public display of failure of our judicial system that they're allowing people known to be too senile to stand trial to continue to be out there and make public important decisions for us? I mean, how many times am I interacting with someone? Is that why these plane doors aren't being installed properly? Is the guy in the Boeing plant an old senile individual? Are the pilots that didn't leave because they were actually willing to get the COVID vaccine? Are these people all seniled up? Is that the world that we're living in? Is that we're just surrounded by people 
senile in elderly people in these positions without loved ones willing to tell them that they can't show up to work? Is there no other process, this supposed incredible government system that's going to protect us, the EPA and all these other people who will make sure that we're protected from bad uh, actors and organizations and this? Well, what protections remain in place to ensure that this, the doctor I'm seeing is not senile, the guy driving the bus isn't senile? I mean, what are we doing if the court systems are willing to label presidents as being senile and let them to continue to remain in office? And what, what is New York doing to protect us from sexual assaulters? The other guy running for president's a known sexual assaulter. Isn't this a wild world that we live in? That our court systems will label the two people running for president as both sexual assaulters and, uh, and uh, senile, but they get to remain in office or run for office. Or now here's what I think happened. It's amazing. The second these people are fraud are, are actually going to be found guilty for something, they play this card. It's the Mueller card. I don't remember. I don't think that this is actually proof of Biden being senile. It's just every time we see him in front of camera. That's the proof of him being senile. And whoever the hell is protecting him, there should be criminal liabilities down the line. Whatever CIA, I mean, uh, whatever uh, people in the White House, the chef, the uh, the, the, the the groundskeeper, the uh, Secret Service agents, everyone that's seen this guy just walk around lost at night and pretending like he's still capable of being president, every single one of them is in on the racket and should have criminal accountability because we should not have a senile president. That should not exist. And all these people working to protect him all the time and make it seem, whoever, who's the doctor that drugs him? Who's the guy that Adderall's him up and gives him Hunter's crack before he gets in front of a television camera? Who are these individuals? But anyways... The point I'm trying to make is that this is classic. This is legally, legally, legally moves. Firstly, it would just be funny if the prosecutor knew that he wasn't going to be able to prosecute him anyways. And so he just decided to throw that in there as the reason why so that we would all react to it, which is starting to make me think like the deep state, they're, they're getting ready for a recall because we're going to watch some of these videos. Usually they won't let Biden answer questions. And yet for some reason, right after this report comes out, they're happy to slap him in front of the cameras. And we've had quite a few blunders recently, which, by the way, I mess up names. I can't tell you who's the leader of this country, the leader of that country. But I think when you're president, you know, you get stuck on these details and you end up with a lot of trouble. That's what took down uh, that other uh, the libertarians campaign. He couldn't remember what you see. I can't remember that uh, Johnson. It was Gary Johnson. And the area was Aleppo. You see, I can remember I can run for president. So it looks to me like maybe. Biden's at the end of his run, the deep state's turning on him and they're getting ready for a recall. But it's such a funny thing. The second these people might be held criminally accountable, I can't remember. I have no idea. I don't know what you're talking about, but I should still be able to make all the important decisions for everyone. Sure. Yeah. I mean, then they'll turn right back around, no character whatsoever and go, yep, I've got this situation under control. I should still be world leader. Oh, I might be responsible for one of those decisions. You can who would have me making a decision? I'm just an old senile man. I have no idea what I'm doing. And then you leave there and you're, I got away with that. Hey guys, good to go. I've been as good as ever. Wait, back in trouble? I don't remember anything. All right, let's take a, let's take a couple comments. Um, any POTP today? Yes, that will be coming out later in the day. Jeff, why be president when you are already king? I don't know what that means. Matthew something something. If I had the drugs they're giving Biden, I'd be a billionaire. I agree with you on that one. All right, let's uh, let's get this thing going. 
And uh, today's episode is brought to you by YoKratom.com, home of the $60 kilo, the entire place in the entire world. You can get yourself an entire kilo of Kratoms for just $60. And as the world seems to be falling apart and we got a president with dementia, with dementia, you know, you, you don't want to have to go through this whole thing sober. So you know what I recommend? YoKratom.com, home of the $60 kilo. So let's start with this. This is from the BBC. My memory is fine. This was Biden. Biden's letting you know, my memory's fine. I don't remember having any problems with it at all. I, I can't recall one time I had a problem with my memory. I'm so smart. And so let's take a look at what actually happened. This is from the Wall Street Journal. So remember when they rounded up Donald Trump, they said he had the nuclear secrets. He had the codes. We've got a storm Mar-a-Lago. So apparently, this is from the Wall Street Journal, Biden willfully retained and disclosed to a ghostwriter classified materials while he was a private citizen after his vice presidency. And remember, as vice president, you don't get to declassify things. That's only something a president can do, including documents about military and foreign policy in Afghanistan and notebooks with Biden's handwritten notes implicating um, sensitive intelligence sources, according to a report from special counsel Robert Hur made public Thursday. That's always the biggest thing. It's the knock list. If anyone talks about anything, you're going to give away our sources. So at least uh, according to the prosecutor, he did the golden, the, he broke the golden rule, which is giving away sources. Mr. Biden's lapses in attention and vigilance demonstrate why former officials should not keep classified information unsecured at home and read them aloud to others, her wrote in the 345 page document. All right, let's continue. This was the golden line. Convinced, convincing Mr. Biden would likely present himself to a jury as he did during our interview of him as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory, the report said. There's no reason to even go to trial. They'll just let him off because he'll come off as an old, sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. So maybe what the prosecutor is telling us is that Biden's still on his game. Listen, this guy's got to show up and he's got to act and he plays two characters. He plays them well. He plays the bold faced liar. Well, on national television. And then when he comes in front of us, this guy's still on his game. We've seen all sorts of politicians pretend to us once they're in trouble, like they were too dumb to ever make those decisions. They can't remember many of the decisions that they made. And usually we can see through this. We can go, hey, there's a track record of you being a very confident individual. So you can't come in front of us and try and pretend like you're some dumbass while you're out there campaigning and telling everyone that you're on top of their shit. I don't want to hear this. This is unforgivable. But this guy, he, they're actually, it's testimony to how good of a politician Biden still is, that he's still on his game and that he put on such a show for us that he couldn't remember anything. We can't even put him up on trial. And then he turns right back around, gets back to work, and he's great at it. Or is this is this gonna is this gonna undermine the whole campaign? Are we gonna actually hear hear from this uh whore fellow Moore guy? What the fuck was his name? I don't remember. Are we gonna actually hear from this guy on the news to better inform us on what exactly it was that showcased to him that Biden seems to have no memory? Here, this is also from the Wall Street Journal. Here were the specifics. This is what let him know: hey, there's no way that we can put this old man up on trial. Biden's memory in his interview with the special counsel's office was even worse, the report said. He didn't remember when he was vice president and forgot when his term ended and when his son Boo, uh, Bao died, Boo died, it said. Biden also allegedly forgot who his allies had been in the Afghanistan debate, 
at debate and mistakenly identified one as an antagonist. All right, let's continue. So this is from CNN. And this is what I found so interesting. We've been reporting on the last couple episodes about how much they've been lying about the border crime. I mean, the uh, the border bill, the border bill. It basically uh, tried to legalize the current illegal immigration. That's what they tried to do. And they tried to pretend, hey, this is us fixing the problem. Remember when like they reported on the don't say gay bill? It was never called the don't say gay bill. The whole game of politics is that you slap a name on a bill, which is exactly what it isn't. The, the thing to restore faith in our communities. And then it's like about how the governor can rob more. That's always the way it works. But you put your fancy title on it. And so the liberal media is so good at lying to you. They realized, hey, we can't let DeSantis play this game, pass some bill that's got some protect your kids type name on it. That's the game that we play. So they lied and just started calling it the don't say gay bill. I mean, these people will lie all the time. They pretend like the I mean, the border bill is the best possible example. They're trying to pretend like it's an actual initiative to fix the border while they incentivize more people to try and illegally immigrate to the country and legalize what has previously been considered illegal immigration. And they try and pretend, hey, this was trying to fix it. They do it all the time. They lie right to our face. What do you think has changed in the media that they didn't just run with Biden uh, will not be prosecuted because whatever Biden found not guilty? Wouldn't you just think that that would be the headline and they would move on? that they would do everything they could to cover up for the fact that Biden seems to not have the mental faculties to be prosecuted. Don't you think they would usually, they wouldn't even give you that information. They would just go after careful analysis after a two year investigation, prosecutors decided that Biden has done nothing wrong and they wouldn't give you the other information. They are very good at lying. They're very good at not reporting these details. They're very good at turning around and doing nothing but spin. And, you know, if anything, they would just bring on the experts and go, yeah, of course, if you're in trouble, you want to come on and you want to make your case as best as possible. And traditionally speaking, when I worked at the State Department and we were being questioned on previous actions, it was a task to pretend like you couldn't remember. And a lot of us aren't good at not remembering. And so if Biden was able to get in front of this people and convince them that they couldn't remember, it shows just how on his game he is. I mean, they would spin, they would do everything they can. But even now, something has changed that it seems like maybe they're starting to actually process the recall initiative. And so this is from CNN. And as we bash Biden for being an idiot, we get to discover whether or not my sound works. Here we go. Monitoring the comments. You guys can tell me. Hopefully you guys can hear this. Uh, but I think there is also a potentially uh, very damaging political headline that we really need to take a beat uh, to talk about uh, as well. And that is simply put uh, that the president is an elderly man with a bad memory. Uh, if you look through the report, and I'm just uh, still going through uh, every page of this, but if you go through it, uh, there is a detailed explanation here for why the special counsel's office decided not to bring criminal charges uh, against the president. And at various junctures, the report uh, mentions the president's memory and memory issues being a factor. For example, it says uh, the president's memory was significantly limited both during his recorded interviews with the ghostwriter that Evan was talking about uh, in 2017 and in his interview with our office in 2023. Uh, it also makes a reference at another point in the report, Mr. Biden's uh, limited precision and recall during his interviews, again, with the ghostwriter and with the special counsel's office. Uh, it also 
talks about how President Biden could present himself to a jury as a, quote, sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man uh, with a poor memory. Now, I don't have to tell you uh, that these headlines sort of write themselves as far as sort of the opposition and critics and Republicans are concerned. This has been an area of targeting uh, by Republicans and the president's critics for a while now, you know, even this week. Uh, we have been uh, covering the fact that the president has had a number of misspeaks, a number of missteps when he was uh, recalling uh, events from the recent past, when he was talking about meeting with uh, different world leaders, mixing up their names on who they were, who was alive at the time and not. Uh, so in this way, I think it is just an important a sort of framing and ammunition that this report offers to the president's critics, uh, including, of course, former President uh, Donald Trump. Isn't it interesting that they're reporting on this, especially night of? I mean, those are the fine-tuned details of why he's off the hook. You'd think you'd start off by going, yeah, Donald Trump might still be in trouble, but Joe Biden found not guilty of any of these charges. Now, here what was most interesting to me. Most of the time, they never let Joe Biden answer questions. How many times have you seen in the White House, they go, no more questions, no more questions, blah, 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 blah. And they make the chicken noises. They get, they get like those clappers that you see at the basketball games and they usher everyone out of the room instantly. And they don't absolutely let this guy go off script or answer any questions. In fact, when he pretends to ask questions, it's because he's got a note card of the specific person he's supposed to call upon, the question that they're supposed to ask him and the exact response that he's supposed to answer to them. And if you see the guy going off script, usually you see Blinken just like standing right over his shoulder with that face of like, ah, shit, is he actually talking? How did someone get a camera directly at this Biden guy? I, 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 I went into that bathroom for 10 seconds and you're telling me that this guy already managed to wander off and be in front of a camera? Or the other times we see him in front of a camera is when they got like the chopper noises going so that you can just pretend like, oh, he couldn't hear and you couldn't understand him because there was a chopper in the background. How often do they just let this guy out loose to answer questions? And in this case, he's going to answer questions about how, no, he doesn't have dementia. And then, of course, he's going to get all sorts of details wrong, like uh, confusing the Mexican border with the uh, Egyptian border, which, by the way, these are borders that should not be confused because ours is open. I mean, listen, I, I there's details that I get wrong in my brain all the time, but confusing the Egyptian border with Gaza, which has a beautiful prison wall there, keeping the Gazans out. Versus our border, which is just letting all the Mexicans in. You would think at least these details the guy could keep a handle on, but he couldn't. So let's watch some of the footage of the news giving the guy a hard time. Mr. President, for months when you were asked about your age, you would respond with the words, watch me. Watch Many me. American people have been watching and they have expressed concerns about your age. That is they, your judgment. They, that is your is judgment. That is not they the judgment of the press. They express concerns about your mental acuity. They say that you are too old. Mr. President, in December, you told me that you believe there are many other Democrats who could defeat Donald Trump. So why does it have to be you now? Why, what is your answer to that question? I'm the most qualified person in this country to be president of the United States and finish the job I started. The conduct of the response in, Gaza, in the Gaza Strip has been um, over the top. I think that, uh, as you know, initially, the president of Mexico, Sisi, did not want to open up the gate to allow 
humanitarian material to get in. I talked to him. I convinced him to open the gate. I talked to Bibi to open the gate on the Israeli side. I've been pushing really hard, really hard, to get humanitarian assistance into Gaza. Uh, and then here was the picture of uh, Joe Biden's garage. And, uh, you know, I was saying like the Donald Trump, the guy, leave him alone. He just wants to hoard some papers. But doesn't this look like a poor person's garage? You're telling me you can't even organize the garage. You got you hiding tunnels in this thing. How much trash do you have in your garage? I mean, is this how dumb Joe Biden is in amongst the grift of all the money that he's made throughout his career? He can't even get himself some better and more organized storage. My, my my apartment looks better than this. Oh, I do have an. All right, well, we're just we're, we're skipping the video. I will tell you guys uh, the, the the Putin interview. I have to go watch the whole thing. Did you guys watch the whole thing? Did you watch the entire Tucker Carlson uh, getting Russian talking points directly from the source, going all the way over to Russia just so that uh, you know he can undermine our entire democratic system? by letting the person that we're provoking a war with actually talk. We're working with Russian talking points here. That's why you hear it from this perspective. I have to go listen to the whole thing. I made the mistake. Have you guys ever done this? I was watching this clip. I was watching that clip. Then I fell asleep watching it. And then you got to like debate in your mind. Like, and then you go back and you try and listen. You're like, but I already listened to this part. And then you're like, shit, I didn't hear that part. You know, that's why sometimes you got to be careful with watching the, the YouTube clip versions, the thing you want to watch the whole thing on. Because then you're like, this was repeated. I already heard that part, but listen, just because I didn't watch the whole thing, you think that's going to stop me from giving you guys my opinion on it? Of course not. Of course not. I will talk confidently as if I watched the entire thing with all sorts of important takeaways that you won't hear anywhere else, even though I didn't watch the entire thing. First is that first 45 minutes saved me the history lesson. I, I, I got a note for everybody out there. If you're getting on with television personalities like Tucker Carlson or whatnots, they know how to make things interesting. It's not always that they're not giving you an opportunity to speak as much as maybe they actually understand story and narrative. And so he threw him a softball. You know, I, I've been out here the whole time saying we provoke Putin into this. And then instead he decides to give a 45 minute history lesson of no, Ukraine's always been ours and then somewhat switch it over to, and you know, it was always ours. And we know we always wanted that region and you guys didn't keep up your end of the bargain and you pushed it really far from what should have been ours anyways. But I don't know. You could have simplified that. The first 45 minutes, I, I don't need to know about Russian princes. I don't care about that. I did respect this about Putin. The guy's very good at sales because he has a very good sales pitch to the American people, which is, listen, I care about you guys. I care about your dollar. I care about world peace. I care about working with you. And I just want to let you guys know that your dementia president, he's not running the show. Your deep state's running the show. People that you don't vote for, and it's a very sympathetic storyline. If you're a person that listens to this show where we're working off the Russian talking points, which is the reason that we had this kind of intel, but it's a hell of a pitch to the American people of, listen, I'm actually on your side. You know who's not on your side? It's your world leaders who keep placating to some deep state machine that I can't even have a conversation with. I'm working out deals that would work well for Russia. They would work well for you as an individual. And for some reason, even when your presidents are on board with my deals, someone keeps on getting in the way. It's a hell of a pitch. And it's a hell of an angle where he goes, listen, I'm just looking out for your interest here. I, I, I'm not even talking about Russia. I'm just talking about you guys as a country and the might that you have and the way that you guys are just squandering it is I'm over here just trying to work together. He's a hell of a sales guy in terms of just going, hey, I just care about you guys over here. 
Uh, I did think it was particularly great that Tucker Carlson closed out the interview, pushing Putin on releasing the journalist. Uh, I mean, Putin couldn't have had a slicker answer to be like, listen, that guy was involved in espionage, so I can't just release him. Uh, but God bless Tucker that not he sat down with a person who is essentially a dictator. And I guess Putin doesn't have to let you out of the country, even though that would be a bad look. You know, Tucker's over there, if anything, nearly drumming up support or at least willing to uh, share the storyline, get us closer to educating the American people to, hey, maybe we can actually get along with these guys or maybe we don't have to be provoking and funding these wars. But anyways, props to Tucker on pushing on, not just asking the question, but pushing on it. And then the last thing that uh, I, that was my um, takeaway was uh, I've said it before that there always seems to be a weird game being played between world leaders where like they seem to kind of get along, but they'll put us up as collateral. You know, like it never really affects them. They, they get to live in their bunkers, their nice mansions. They have their house. It never seems to affect them. It seems to affect the civilians in those countries. Like for a while, we were still working with Russia on the uh, on the thing up in space at the same time where we're supposedly fighting wars. And so I thought it was very interesting that Putin more than once said we're in communications or we had that discussion and I don't feel comfortable sharing the details or I don't think it would be appropriate to talk about this. Now, you would think. If I was Putin, you would bury America. You'd have your opportunity. You would go, hey, the following discussion happened place behind closed doors. Here's the documentation. Or here I secretly recorded blank person saying you would think that you would do it all. You would bury us. And maybe it's because these things didn't happen. And that's just his version of lying. But there did seem to be this interesting through line of, listen, behind closed doors, we get along. Our CIA, your CIA is talking to our intelligence. We're working on this deal. We're working on that deal. We're trying to figure this thing out. We're trying to figure that thing out. And uh, as long as I can continue to keep those secrets, we can continue to have those conversations and uh, play fighting while, you know, you negotiate for your leverage here. That person negotiates for his leverage there. Uh, and the clip that I was uh, going to play here, but uh, we're going to have to, you know, it, guys, I'm, I've spent a lot of time here. I'm not I'm not being lazy. I can promise you that we're, we're putting together equipment. We're working hard over here. And I guess one night I'm going to have to come in and really play with the settings and figure out what is the magic sauce here for actually having uh, that, that, that having the sound play. But there's no other clips today anyway, so it's fine. Uh, but the clip that I wanted to showcase, maybe we'll show it on the next episode, is something that we've been talking about quite a bit on the show of the strategic error that the United States did here when it uh, weaponized our currency and Russia was a good customer. At the end of the day, they were helping us steal. They were helping us print money and spend it. And not only were we stealing from us, we're sending our inflation all over the globe and everyone's using our currency. And so what do you do when you take these other people and you let them know, hey, you might not be able to use our currency. We might lock you out of our currency. Well, for one, you're throwing a guy out of a place while you're stealing from him. He's literally in your store and you're stealing out of his pockets. And then you get so greedy, you kick the guy out of the store and you're like, shit, I can't steal from that guy anymore. It's like you literally had a guy walking around who's just pickpocketing the individual standing in your store. And then you took one of the guys with the with the dip, with the deepest, richest pockets and you threw him out so that someone else could steal from him. So anyways, this clip was talking about uh, that strategic blunder and why it would not help us. And, uh, you know, we'll listen to the next episode. Um, 
All right, before we change topics, why don't we take a couple comments? I'm going to get off screen here so I can actually see and read them. What do we got here? Whoa, 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 what do we got people saying? Just man, Biden has a speech impediment. He's not senile. 2020 news. Uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes he tries to play that card of like, yeah, I just have a stutter. And isn't your whole, I mean, part of the job of being president is being an excellent speaker and communicator. So I don't know if truly you just have a stutter and you haven't overcome it. Is it the job for you? Robbie, did you hear that Ukraine wants to borrow from private sector lenders using frozen Russian central bank assets as collateral? How is that legal? I have not heard that, but that sounds pretty wild. Here's a complete and total spam bot coming in, seeing that we're live and trying to tell us some bullshit. One more comment, Jimbo Slice. I'm going to open up a real estate office in Cleveland to sell Russian property, LOL. All right, moving forward to our next topic. But before we do, sheathunderwear.com, use promo code RYM. You get yourself 20% off the greatest underwear that's ever graced the balls of man. If you find yourself in some sort of a situation where you wake up in Mexico and you've got to sneak over the border to get back in because you lost your passport and you're going to have to spend days out in the desert trying to run away from the, to, to keep pace with the Mexicans who are really good runners and good at getting through these valleys and blah, blah, blahs. But anyways, you're probably not going to be able to change your underwear. And if you got to pick one underwear to spend an entire weekend while you try and sneak back into the country, I would recommend sheathunderwear.com. You know why? Because it keeps everything cool, calm, separated. It's absorbing, moisture wicking. Robert made it when he was out in the desert defending the United States of America before he woke up and learned everything about the world. But he was serving in Iraq and he was like, I can't stand this chafing. My God, the way that my legs are chafing in regular underwear. So he invented the sheath underwear, keeps everything cool, calm and separated. Use promo code RYM. Get yourself 20% off the greatest underwear that's ever graced the balls of man. And everybody, listen to Ken here who's saying thumbs up and subscribe. I agree. That's a great idea. Right now, everyone, give it a thumbs up, subscribe, go to iTunes, write a nice review, go to the other platforms, subscribe and write a nice review, threaten your relatives that they have to listen to the show and uh, buy sheath underwear. All right. This is from the New York Times, Republicans Against Border Enforcement. Many in the party have decided to oppose a bipartisan plan for the border. That's their takeaway from this border bill. Remember that the Republicans stood against border enforcement. I mean, there's no talk about the fact that the president tried to legalize what is currently illegal and make it so that 2 million people could come in a year. Uh, but, you know, that's what happened. That's what the breakdown was in our ability to get a border wall and get this border situation under control is the Republicans playing politics, wanting that there's purposely a mess down at the southern border so that they can fix it up and run run for winning the election. That's what went wrong here. That's why there wasn't a border bill is because the Republicans are against border enforcement. And then this was also from this New York Times article. Together, these measures would shift the calculus for potential migrants because the chances of illegal entry would fall. Fewer people would likely try and more would instead a, try a legal pathway. Here's the argument that if we allow 2 million people a year in legally, then more people attempt the legal process and have less of a reason for the illegal process. Once again, simple questions of how and why. If you're incentivizing that more people can get in, and I guess the way that you get in is that you're the first 5,000 people at the border. Aren't more people going to show up at the border? Isn't going to be more overwhelmed? 
Wouldn't this work even better if you said zero people can get through until the entire thing is secure? Why is letting 5,000 people in before you shut it down a better system for de disincentivizing more people to show up? And this includes the fact, the idea that magically Biden's got to solve for once it gets to the 5,000 a day. As if more people showing up because there's more uh, lottery tickets to get in uh, isn't going to create more of a mess and more opportunities for people to sneak over. Now, here is where, I, I, you know, this is how desperate, I guess, the entire system was for getting funding to the Ukraine. Because this is the worst reporting I've ever seen in the Wall Street Journal section ever. I read the opinion piece all the time. And sometimes, like, they've got disastrously bad things because they're trying to pitch war. But in this case, even the Wall Street Journal has been trying to sell this border deal like it was a win and that Republicans squandered the opportunity. And it seems like I guess they were just so desperate to get money to the Ukraine that McConnell sat down and said, you know what? I don't care about this illegal immigration anymore. I've only got 10 years left to live. Whatever deal I signed with these deep state people, whatever deal I signed with these uh, weapons manufacturers. I got to make good on my promises and I got to make sure that we're getting that $86 billion over to the Ukraine. So then in two months from now, we got to get another bundle of money. And then a couple months later, we got to get another bundle of money. But I don't care what I have to trade to get them the current bundle of money. That is my chief operating initiative. The most important thing, I don't care if we legalize 2 million people coming over a year and creating a bigger problem at the border. It's just that important to me to make sure that we get Ukraine this current couple billion dollars with no plan for the next billion and then no plan. What are you going to trade in three months from now? How much of an addict are you to war funding that you're willing to trade entirely legalizing illegal immigration and letting two million people more into the country and making a bigger mess that you're willing to trade $86 billion now? What are you going to trade in two months from now, three months from now and four months from now? That sounds like a pretty big thing to give up. And yet, here's what they did, and this is something that you can watch Ted Cruz, he was screaming at McConnell for, is that you've at least given the Democrats a selling point here and that they could pretend like they actually had a bipartisan deal on the table that the Republicans walked away from. Why would you even put this one up for a vote? Why would you even, like in the negotiating process, why would you accept the legalization of 2 million people a year? I, it's like the Republicans started off and they said, all right, listen, we're not doing any more Ukraine funding unless you actually take care of the border thing. And so they go, fine, we'll take care of the border thing by legalizing the 2 million people a year that are currently coming in. Why would you accept that compromise to even put it up to vote on for the Republicans to then shoot down? All right. So anyways, this is from the Wall Street Journal. It's from the uh, opinion section. And this is them trying to sell that the Republicans walked away from what should have been a good border deal. Uh, and in my estimation, it's just because the Wall Street Journal and some of these others are so desperate for their war funding. The mistake by Senator Lansford and McConnell was assuming that Republicans who demanded border provisions were sincere. But those senators ran for cover as soon as Mr. Trump handed down orders not to give Mr. Biden anything he could take credit for. The bill's details became irrelevant as the GOP covered uh, before Mr. Trump, who is now trashing Mr. Lankford. This is a very bad bill for his career, Mr. Trump said in an interview this week. This retribution will be routine if Mr. Trump makes it back to the White House. They're trying to pretend like this border deal was anything other than a disaster. 
I, I just want to reread the line. The mistake by Senator Lansford and McConnell was assuming that the Republicans who demanded border provisions were sincere, as if a bill that legalized two million people coming in a year was something that anyone would approve. That's not a sincere attempt at securing the border. All right, let's move on to the next one. Haley outvoted in Nevada primary by none of these candidates without Trump on the ballot. And across the board, can we get none of these candidates on every single ballot? We can see what percentage of Americans showed up to just say, fuck you, stand on a line. I mean, you thought Trump was the fuck you candidate. Imagine when there's apps, when there's actually a, hey, I hate all of you candidate right there on the bill. I support none of you. I mean, maybe you could argue that that's what some of these other uh, parties or even the LP party is. But I like that. Put that right. Make people earn your vote. Why don't we? And you know what it should be? If like 50% of the population shows up and votes for none of these candidates, then maybe your presidency actually comes with less authority and power. Isn't that maybe that maybe that should be that's the way that we actually unwind government is that unless you actually get like 50 or 55% of the vote and by 55% of the vote, I don't mean just the vote. I mean, like the population that can vote actually showing up and voting for you. Maybe like you are the president, but with more limited authority. I don't know exactly the way that would work. I mean, currently they do the executive orders. They do all sorts of things to exert authority that they don't currently have. Uh, but maybe, I don't know, if you're a president and 40% of the population or more than 40% of the population votes for none, specifically none of these candidates, hey, we hate both of you and we don't support either one of you, then you're a president with lesser authority. Or at least let's get that number on the books. Why don't we find out how many more people will show up and vote if you actually have an option for, hey, fuck you. All right, next. Um, why do I have this here? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So Donald Trump, they, I, I was, by the way, saying I thought some of these court cases are going to start to disappear and that they were playing the card to try and push him out and that I would bet on boring. We did that a couple episodes ago, and uh, I don't know how much confidence I'd put on that one. But, you know, I was saying it seems to me my intuition at this uh, point in time, I wasn't saying it's an absolute, but I said it seems to me like at this juncture in time, it's likely that Trump has cut whatever uh, necessary deals and uh, the, the machine's going to march on and that they're not going to actually remove him from the process. So this is the first one that has made it to the Supreme Court. It was that Colorado took him off of the ba ballot. And uh, this is from the New York Times. Donald Trump is accused of doing grave wrongs and trying to overturn the election. But who should decide the consequences of that? Should it be nine people in Washington? Should it be individual states? Should it be Congress? Or should it be the electorate of the United States which can for itself assess whether Trump's conduct is so blameworthy that he should not have the opportunity to serve another term? Something that we were saying a year ago when this case came up, how is it democratic to remove this person if what he did was so terrible and it was actually insurrection and voters hated it? Well, then he'll lose an election. Leave this to the voters. Removing the person and not letting voters make the decision would seem to me like that undermines democracy. It can only be democracy if we can remove the plague of Donald Trump. I don't know. That's not really the way democracy is supposed to work. Anyways, I put forward, can the Supreme Court somehow get to these cases quicker so we don't have to like just have nonsense like out there dangling in the universe? It's almost like the Supreme Court's like a parent, like they want to let you like fumble with something for a while. It's like, listen, we're going to let this, we're going to leave this out there. And if it becomes a big enough of a mess, then we'll take a look at it. Yeah, but we're wasting a lot of time and resources before you guys finally make your decision. 
Maybe you guys can just intervene and make a decision earlier. And then the rest of us can, you know, move on with our intellect and work on other problems and solve different things and yell about all sorts of other things, as opposed to just trying to guess on whether or not you guys even take it up and then whether or not you rule on it. If some of these things are so simple, if you're just sitting around at the Supreme Court and it's like a snapshot reaction where you could just be like, yeah, that one's nonsense. Well, then can you guys just like make that issuing statement earlier as opposed to letting it progressing into a mess? That's the way the current system is. It has to actually progress into being a mess. And then the Supreme Court will be like, all right, you guys made a mess of this. Now we'll finally take a look. But how many resources get lost until it gets to that moment? Why can't they just like take a look at it sooner and then just weigh in? Wouldn't that just be an easier system? And so just to give you guys the quick summary, because that's what I do. You know, I, I did my homework, so you don't have to do your homework. I give you guys the quick summary here of what the case is all about and why it most likely will be getting thrown out. Firstly, and it would be uh, inconsistent in the way the Constitution uses its language to try and pretend like the president is an officer is one. Two, this wouldn't be up to the states. It would be up to Congress to decide. And three, Trump hasn't actually been charged with an insurrection. You'd have to actually legally prove that the guy was involved in an insurrection. And he seemed to have just jumped past that part of the process. He don't seem to be having a court case to find him. Uh, I don't even know. If I, I would assume insurrection is a crime. Have you guys actually brought a lawsuit against the guy for the crime of insurrection? And the answer to that, of course, is no. Are you sick of people telling you how to live your life? Do you want to go back to a time where you can just throw models on a screen, say creepy shit to them, and hope they get drunk enough that they'll sleep with you? Well then, Bud Light's back. Pack your beer bong, black out and drive home. We are being awesome again. And we just wanted to say that we also totally think man chicks are gross. And that's why we have an alcohol content low enough that you'll never accidentally sleep with one of them. So don't drink whiskey. Or you might make the mistake we did and find this dude attractive.